0: listening to season two of the auxiliary gate podcast kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion and now here are your hosts alan schneider and i have real soft hands that's good that's all that's all that matters brandon jaggers that's what my girlfriend tells me anyway and me cc Brothers. oh
1: good well good for
2: you <laughs> lucky girl
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. I'm CC Broadus, and I'm joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, we're just less than a week removed from the wedding of the year, the social event of the year. How are you handling, or how did you handle the nuptials of one Brandon Jaggers?
3: Uh, I'm still crying. It was a beautiful ceremony, but I mean, I, you know, I cried as soon as we come home. So, <laughs> it's a beautiful ceremony. We we're very, very happy for Brandon and his lovely bride, Sarah. Uh, it rivaled the royal weddings that I've seen in the past. Um, they could learn a lot from Brandon and Sarah. It was a, it was a wonderful night, wonderful evening, and we, uh, even though he hasn't been with us for a while, we still call him co-host, and we wish our co-host and his new bride a lot of a good fortune in the future. And I believe they're in Granada at this Granada, as, I, as we speak. Grenada, or, Grenada. Grenada. I knew I was going to say that wrong. What do you think?
0: Well, first of all, Brandon said he's going to rejoin us here in about two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, the, the, the much-anticipated return. And second of all, I think, uh, I think his wife could have done better.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, but uh, I'll go
0: on the record of saying that right now. She could have picked a better mate.
3: I mean, maybe she's thinking it to herself at the moment too, but uh, she doesn't have a podcast to put those feelings out there. We, and, we kid yeah. because we love him.
0: Well, I'm only half kidding. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thirdly, Dream a Little Dream of You is, is entered uh, this weekend in, in the Chicago Stakes at Arlington. So we, we wish uh, we wish that partnership all the best, and hopefully, uh, Dream can win a great stakes race.
3: Yeah, we had the good fortune meeting uh, everybody involved in the par- partnership on us. Uh, what great people, Dan Glick, and stuff. So uh, they 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 were laying out their plans. And I actually was un unaware that that race was this Saturday. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. And uh, I think the horse fits the horse if the seven furlongs fits for Dream a Little Dream of You. It's it's a pretty uh entertaining field in my opinion, but uh, the, the horse uh has a big chance of knocking out a stakes win.
0: Yeah, we we got to meet Dan Glick, who's uh, the the head of that partnership, and he did a fabulous job picking uh, picking that filly out for like thirty thousand dollars. Now she's a great at stakes place filly
3: on and multiple surfaces, multiple surfaces on
0: every yeah every surface. Uh, but uh, yeah, that uh, it, it's it's going to be a good, uh, fantastic weekend of racing. We have got the Ohio Derby. Oh yeah, yeah, that's on Saturday. Uh, I think go. that's a great
3: race. I really
0: yeah. do. Yeah, uh, uh, the horse. I'm interested in seeing is the Mass Parade who, who ran that huge figure on Derby Day, and uh, he's he's coming back. If I think uh, if if that horse duplicates that effort on Derby Day, they're all running for second.
3: Yeah, you know, if if you look at that race, uh, the the morning line, I, I see why the morning line maker made the odds the way he did up and down the line because it's a very well matched field. But I, I remember seeing King Fury at nine to two, Mass Parade at eight to one, and Oh, the rail horse, promise keeper at seven and two. Yeah, give me any of those three at those morning line odds, and I'd be thrilled. Yeah, there's man. yeah, I, I'm not a trifecta box guy, but I might <laughs> play a simple three horse box just because, I mean I like those three horses a lot. So others oh. can't win the race, but I, I do think that's. I'll be watching a little bit of Thistle Down for my on my drive.
0: One thing's for certain. Uh, I think uh, Greg Holloway pointed this out on Twitter, our, our buddy Greg, uh, that uh, uh, Brian Hernandez is staying behind. He did not go to Thistledown to ride King Fury.
3: Oh, but that's because I was wondering about that because I mean he's got On Batant right. on in the in the Florida Lee. So right, right. I mean, what would you do? I, I'd probably stick with On Batant too.
0: I'm sure, uh, yeah, it was a it was a it was a tough decision. Uh, he's also he's riding Sprawl in the Stephen Foster, oh, race, and I'm sure he's yeah. got several mounts too. He's he's he, he's riding a filly that I like in the last race too. But we'll get we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, let's talk about the real quick. Uh, the the big day, of course, is Saturday, uh, post Kentucky Derby, of course, but uh, uh, they run the uh, the 40th running of the Stephen Foster Stakes laughably a grade two is this race should be a grade one with its with its rich history of uh, you know the, the gun runners and the silver charms and all those type of horses that have run in this race over the years uh for some reason they make it a grade two but but whatever but uh uh it's a it's a huge day of racing and it's a fitting into uh, to what's always been a good meet is the uh church just looking back over the uh, last two months, anything that sticks out to you uh, on the uh, on this particular meet?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Well, you know, there's one thing that everyone's sticking in everybody's mind is disqualification. Likely disqualif- uh, disqualification of a Kentucky Derby winner. Um, easy for you to say. Easy for you to say, I know. But, you know, I've drank coffee this evening so far. I'm going to go back to one thing, uh, you know, that I keep harping on is that crystal ball fiasco to, <laughs> before all this shit broke loose. Um, I am so I don't mean to harp on it, but I know what I saw. And that crookedness that we saw <laughs> with the uh, crystal ball taking the lead, fading to fifth, and coming back uh, beating a horse easily that was being had and ridden to a sixth-length lead, that's one thing that's going to stick in my craw for a while. And I don't usually get all crazy – conspiracy theory things like everyone else on Twitter. I'm pretty easy going, but uh, you know, there's sometimes you, you, you got to call it what it is. And that was garbage. And I don't think, and I don't think it gets enough attention. I, I think that the, the Derby itself has almost overshadowed what we all, what we all know what we saw that day. So uh, just a search, just desserts are coming for certain people, I believe. And and, and I think that's, that's one minor indication in the major picture of the Derby and such. So that's off the top of my head. I hate picking a, picking a negative because there's some other uh, positives I'll think about here in a moment. But that that does stick in my crawl. How about you?
0: Well, you know, speak of the devil, uh, uh, Crystal Ball runs Saturday at Thistledown as well in the uh, $250,000 Lady Jacqueline. So it would be interesting to see how she does. She's got a new trainer. Uh, she's under the care of uh, Rudolf, Rudolph Brissette. Mm-hmm. So – uh, I'm guessing you, you think that's a play against?
3: Uh, you, know, I don't know, but now these are in a different trainer. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say that I just don't like the horse in general, but I mean, I, a trainer switch, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm a, I, I like Rudy Brissett, so, uh, I, am I going to play the race? No, but you know, I've screwed up anyway. I'm, I'm going for vacation on the day of Stephen Foster, one of the, one of my favorite days of the year. So what do I know anyway? I can't even plan a vacation properly. So I will not be at the downs for a fantastic Stephen Foster car, but maybe I'll be out there for the Friday card. Let's look at you'll, it that way. But
0: you'll be in Florida. I won't be. So uh,
3: yeah, but you did something right. I guess I, just, I should have went on the 27th, but uh, what, what are you going to do? You know, so anyway, any other things stick out to you?
0: Uh, well, just the emergence of Chris Hartman has, uh, you know, the, the hot streak that he was on. I still don't think he's going to get the leading trainer, but I think as of today he's won about 13 races on uh, on the meet, which uh, he he's had a uh, just an outstanding outstanding meet. And of course Tyler Gaffneyon has dominated the standings, kind of like we all thought.
3: And uh, John I, I, Court, how about a love for John Court with this. I think Ed DeRosa put on uh, Twitter the other day. John Court, if you bet every horse, John Court has ridden this meet, which isn't that many. You'd be up 90, 91 dollars for a two dollar bet, if I'm not mistaken. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: something like that. That's yeah, that's incredible.
3: He's sixty years old, y'all. He's sixty. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and riding like a like a thirty year old. So. Uh
3: huh.
0: Yeah. So that's on a big meet. Uh, yeah, it's uh it's been it's been a fun meet. It's been a little bit uh, frustrating for me on the gambling side. But uh, I've enjoyed going out there. I've been out there most of every Saturday minus Derby Day and, and, and the wedding Saturday. But uh, it's, it's uh, always fun to spend time with the Twin Spires.
3: I agree with you. And, they again, they catch a lot of heat. They do a good job. They, they really do a nice job out there and stuff. And I can't complain about the product they put out there this meet. We are going to be without turf racing until next year. But uh, we haven't touched on that. But uh, they're going to tear the turf course up. And it will not be ready by the September or the November meet. So, get. I uh, hope you guys like turf racing. Get your chances. Watch as many turf races as you can this week, because you won't see any more in the city of Louisville until April of
0: 2021, 22, yep. 22. the good news is, this turf course should be should be really nice. It's gonna. They're gonna be able to uh, hold 14 horse races on the on the new turf course. It's gonna be wider, and uh, so you know should make for make for good betting. Agreed. In the future, we just got we got to last uh, you know two more meets uh, without it. But uh, uh, let's talk about tonight's show. Uh, first of all, we're going to have uh, Lee and Bob Butler, who are partners in uh, several uh, horses that have had some good luck as of late. And after that, we're going to have JJ Hassell on, and she's going to help us handicap uh, the big day at Churchill on Saturday. So. Without further ado, Alan is going to introduce our first guests.
3: Yes, E.C. Well, uh, our first guests tonight are friends of ours who have been diving in headfirst into the ownership game for quite a while now and just launched Daytona Stable, as a matter of fact, their very own partnership group. In addition, they had the awesome thrill of seeing their very promising Love Me Some Me, Romp in person at Churchill Downs last Saturday after making the drive from their Tennessee homestead, uh, where they're calling in to our podcast right this very minute. Uh, the Auxiliary Gate podcast would indeed like to welcome in our first ever married couple, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong about that. Please say hello to our pals, Bob and Lee Butler. Bob, Lee, how are you doing, folks?
1: Great. Thanks, Cece and Alan, for having us. Yes, yeah. married uh, 31 years, but well, actually, 20, gonna... counting 20.
3: What? Why is that? How's that? How's that work? <laughs> well, I've been married 24 years and I'm counted as 40. So it goes the opposite way. Opposite way sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. In case it, just,
1: it just doesn't seem like 31 years. It seems more like 20.
3: And your anniversary was just just recently, correct? June 9th. June 9th. Wow. Uh, the, and as I just just mentioned before we get into everything, you guys just recently moved to Tennessee if I'm not mistaken is that right
1: I grew up in Tennessee and I'm married Bob who's in the Air Force and we haven't lived actually since we've been married back in my home state till we moved here last September
3: oh wow so I guess the thing that strikes me right away is uh, there's no racetracks in Tennessee or do you get to surround yourself with many racing fans uh, like yourself in, in the volunteer state or do you have to drive north to where we all are
1: we just have all our horse racing fans, uh, friends on Twitter. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, that way, that, that's a good way to keep in touch, right? It's a good way to reach out and, and such. So, um, But as you mentioned a moment ago, you're, you've been married 31 years. And if that milestone wasn't enough, as I, as I mentioned, you guys got to see your Philly dominating person on Saturday, as I just mentioned. Uh, Love Me So Me, trained by our buddy Tom Drury, uh, who's having one hell of a year. Um, how cool was it to see a horse of that talent that you own uh, in person? How freaking cool is it to see this horse dominate in such a fashion?
1: It was was pretty cool. Um, We bought into her about three weeks ago. Tommy called us up and said, hey, I think there's a piece of this horse available. I like her. I thought my filly had a good chance that day back in May. And, you know, he said, if you can get a piece of her – no guarantees on anything, but he liked her, so Bob and I decided to buy in for a, a percentage and and met Brooke T. Smith, and we'd already met Billy once before, so we met him that, that Saturday and got off to a good start, and she looked good in the paddock. Tom had been working with her uh, since her first start. She was a little fractious in the paddock and had trouble saddling, so Tom... Once he got her into his barn at Churchill, which is a good thing about Tom, he has stalls at Skylight, he has stalls at Churchill, so he's able to bring Love Me Some Me to Churchill after a maiden win, and was able to school her in the paddock, take her to the gate, get her acclimated, and she did good on Saturday in the paddock and the post parade, and she broke on top and battled for the lead. And at the top of the stretch, she started to pull away. And honestly, I don't remember much after that. (laughs) I was was jumping and yelling.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, you you mentioned Billy and uh, should should mention for those who don't know, it's There's a time that we're having Lee and Bob on because a few weeks ago, we had on Billy Denzik and uh, who Lee was just referencing. And we've had Tom Drury on a few times and this was not all planned. As it turns out, the way the universe works in Carmel, all three of those uh, folks now and, and Bob as well, all work together own this horse together. Uh, and it's a really good one. So it, it's kind of unique how that happened. So Tom Drury, Billy Denzik and Lee and Bob Butler now own one heck of a Philly who I think has a very promising future. Have you guys talked about where this love me some me as I try to get the pronunciation correct? Is it going to race next because it looks like the sky might be the limit at this at this early juncture. Well, Bob, do you know?
4: Well, we will let Tommy decide that. That's something that owners can, you know, have hopes and dreams of, but we will let our astute trainer decide that.
3: And, you know, uh, you guys have used Tom Drew before to success, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's, he's put you guys on Winner's Circle before. He's put a lot of guys in the, uh, guys and gals on Winner's Circle, but uh, I believe he's won a stakes for you guys. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Uh, I was in a partnership with uh, Star Ladies, and we had a filly named Take Charge Delilah, who was an Ohio bred. And they sent her to Tom, and Tom took her up to Thistle Downs, won a first condition allowance, and won the best of Ohio stakes in 2018. Whoa. So, yep, yeah, we have the trophy. We have photos with Tom in the winner's circle. It was a great, great day.
3: So, yeah, I'm assuming you guys think as much as Tom Dury as we do then, correct?
1: Yes, we've been waiting a few years to have a horse to send back to her and and our uh, Daytona stable filly that we bought in April. We, we sent to him.
3: Uh, well, you know, we were talking about the, the the best of Ohio. Love me something. Those are great thrills in racing. Is there, um, what would you say has been your biggest thrill in racing to date as owners or co-owners or however you want to look at it? Is it, would those be at the top?
4: Well, well, those were good. Um, but Turbulent Descent had to be the best. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you have Sandy to Oaks, the Hollywood Starlet, the, the Test Stakes at Saratoga. And I know you guys cover uh, Kentucky racing. So, the Beaumont Stakes is no slouch. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Turbulent Descent, you know, is certainly at the, at the height of that. Uh, uh, what, what you look for.
3: And what, what year was that? Uh, the, at my age, at my advanced age, the years start to run together for me. What year was Turbulence sweeping all those stakes?
4: Well, she would have been a two year old, the Hollywood starlet in 2010. And then those other three, three year old Philly stakes would, would
3: have been 2011.
1: 2011. 20, and yeah.
3: well, oh, wow. North Keeneland
4: and, and um, Saratoga and,
1: and Santa Anita.
3: So uh, we're talking to people who have not everyone stakes races in ohio but i've also won great stakes at saratoga uh santa anita and keeneland that's that's pretty impressive that's a good way to get your feet wet in the game isn't it
4: well we, we, we're obviously a minority partner in that horse but uh, we were part of a great group uh and we really
3: appreciated it well you know it, it actually leads me to my next thing you guys started your own partnership here recently correct And uh, it's called Daytona Stable, if I'm not mistaken. And sounds like an exciting new venture. Would you like to say a little something about that? Sure.
1: Um, As we've already been talking, we've been involved in some high-level horses, many um, partnerships at the highest levels. And now that we're back in Tennessee, we just kind of wanted to do something on our own. And we're close to Kentucky now. We can drive up for the day as we met you guys at Churchill a, a few weeks ago. And we just wanted to do something on our own um, and take the qualities of the partnerships, the par- the qualities that we liked out of those partnerships and put them all together into one. So it's um, no markups on the horse or the purchase p- of the purchase price or the expenses. Uh, you're going to be a named owner on the horse.
4: Oh.
1: Uh, you're going to be a,
4: a general partner, general not partner. a limited partner. You'll have an owner's license. And it'll be a real small group. I mean, it's going to be a true partnership in the sense that we will own no less than 20% of every horse. And this first horse we like so much, we're going to keep 50%. Um, So we only have 10% left. She's almost all sold out. And we only buy fillies because the residual value in fillies we think is tremendous. And we don't want to chase the colts.
3: I, I can see that's something looking in those color silks. Well, what are you going to race in there? You guys, something picked out? they the royal blue and white. Oh, that's beautiful. That's that's beautiful. You know, who, who, go ahead.
0: Can, go on the their their Twitter feed, and they've got a, a a picture of the silks. The silks are really really cool. I think. Yeah. Who picked them it's out?
4: Uh, DaytonaStable.com. If um, they you know. Anybody wants more, more information? More, they, anybody wants more information?
1: And the Twitter is at Daytona Daytona Stable is our Twitter account.
3: Daytona Stable. And why why, would you pick the name Daytona?
1: Bob went to college at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach. So he had a really rough college career, four years in Daytona (laughs) Beach. Yeah, poor thing. I know, pitiful. You open his old textbooks from school and the sand falls out. Um, (laughs) And uh, my father was the original owner of a 1957 Corvette
4: that he raced. He, he raced at Daytona before the, the Oval the was there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was part of the NASCAR circuit. Wow.
1: Yep. Oh, that's and a good name. That's how my mother met my father. She saw that he had raced a car in Daytona and and kind of tracked him down, and the rest is history. They married. <laughs>
3: Well, I think you picked the right name then. Sounds like it means quite a bit to you. So DaytonaStable.com, folks, if you're looking to get in this game with some great people. Uh, CC, I'm going to turn over to you for a moment before I get back to these fine folks.
0: Well, I'll just vouch on their behalf. Uh, they, they've got a, a filly by a freshman sire named Cupid. Cupid won the Rebel Stakes as a three-year-old. Uh, he was on the Derby Trail. I think an injury derailed that uh went on in, in his four-year-old year he won the uh, the gold cup at Santa Anita, which was formerly the hollywood gold cup that was a 10 furlongs and this is his first crop of two-year-olds that are hitting the track i think he's only had two starters so far so uh, uh but uh the uh, you, you're going to get one of the best uh, or an up-and-coming trainer in tom Drury, probably an underrated trainer uh that you know he he probably he he Put himself on the map last year with Art Collector, who by the way runs on Friday. That's right. And uh, yeah, you're, you're you're getting in at a bargain basement price. You're getting, you know, you're was it twelve and a half percent? Is that or ten percent? Ten percent.
1: Ten percent.
0: Yeah, you get ten percent. Uh, and you know, it's uh, sounds like a good opportunity. I think I think you're in good. Uh, if if you buy in for for the ten percent, you're in good hands all the way around. You, you got. Oh, yeah. good and the, the the biggest thing in this game is you, you got to be around honest people, and I think uh, with uh, Mr. Jury and and Lee and Bob, I think you're going to get the you're going to get exactly that. And then, and it'd be a good education if you wanted to get in on the ground floor. I think this is the way to go. So. Mhm. Oh. Uh. So uh, going back to uh, Love Me Some Me, this uh this filly is a full brother to a stakes horse named Scarto who races on the west coast this horse is uh graded placed uh, in the twilight derby at Santa anita this uh buying into the horse i, I assume you probably looked at that too the horse probably uh, your filly may be able to, to to run on dirt or turf is that did that enter in into the uh in your mind when you when you decide to purchase a share
4: well we we liked we were there for her her maiden win so we liked it so much and and tommy's horse is so good but, yes, it did, because Scarto is trained by a turbulent Descent trainer, Mike Pipe. Oh,
3: um,
4: okay. So, so, there's the full, full circle with you there. So, so, yeah, it adds to her residual value as a Philly. Um, if she does better, um, having a greatest-stakes-place brother, full brother, um, certainly doesn't hurt the residual value.
0: Now, as I recall, turbulent descent went through the the ring at Keeneland as a brute mare prospect. Was that right? After after racing career was over? Did were you all involved in that?
4: No, no, she she sold uh she was bought as a two year old in, in April OBS and then we sold her privately um to That's Coolmore right. to Coolmore. The
1: Coolmore ran but- her through in full to warfront. But she RNA.
4: Oh, after, but but after after we sold after, we sold, our, after group. our group sold, we sold her right before the ballerina uh, of her four year old career. So we sold her in uh, what August or July of her four year old career. She had just won a stakes in California. Coolmore bought her, and they their their first start with her. She won the ballerina. Todd Fletcher. What? Yeah. Todd Fletcher.
0: I got you. Okay. How many horses are you involved in right now?
1: We have four plus we have a Del Mar summer racing group that's put together by Bob Hess Jr. where they're going to ship some horses out and t- try to take down some of that ship and win bonus at Del Mar. So we've got about eight horses.
4: But we own just a small
0: part of that. So the, the, just
1: just but, having some Del Mar fun this summer. Hopefully we'll get at least one trip out to Del Mar.
0: Have you been to Del Mar before?
1: Yes, we lived in Colorado for the last 15 years before we moved back home to Tennessee, and we were two-hour direct flight, Denver to San Diego, and we would spend quite a few weekends when we had horses running at Del Mar, and then once they had the fall meet, Bob's birthday would fall within that period, so we'd spend a, a week, five days roughly down there during the fall meet, kind of celebrating Bob's birthday and just enjoying the more laid back atmosphere of the Del Mar fall meet as compared to the summer meet.
0: So you've been to Saratoga and Del Mar, which, which one would you uh, recommend to, uh, to somebody that wanted to attend either one?
4: Well, that that's really tough because they run at the same time and I think they should not run at the same time. But <laughs> it, it, it depends on what you you, you want in your horse racing, uh, if you want, you know, really good weather and, and the ocean, you know, Del Mar. If, if you want unbelievable racing and fans that are out of this world, like horse racing bonkers, then Saratoga.
1: Or you could do Saratoga summer, and then now Del Mar has the fall meet. So maybe you could get have your cake and eat it, too. Yes. You,
0: all, you all should run for office because yeah. that was... Yes. <laughs> right down the middle
3: <laughs> i love it well done well done
0: so guys you've got a a horse and you own part of a horse named centrifuge that's running on friday at churchill uh, in partnership with ron Palucci and and duke perry stable this is a a very well-bred son of tappet i'm just looking at the dam i'm guessing that serena's cat descended from serena song uh, who was a a great filly that won the Haskell Invitational and the, I believe the Jim Beam stakes for D. Wayne Lucas and, and Bob and Beverly Lewis back in the day. Uh, can you give us any insight on on how you came to acquire Centrifuge and then maybe what his chances are on Friday?
1: I'll let Bob answer that question.
4: <laughs> well, as far as his chances, it's a little bit of an experiment. He, he ran uh, decently in that last race. He got nipped for fourth. And, and he certainly has room to improve and we feel, you know, with the Tappet line, you know, they can run on grass and, uh, but, but, uh, Lee's owned several horses with Ron. He's a great partner. And, and he bought this horse, um, uh, at all au- at auction at a very reasonable price. And, and, and he was training, training real good. So, you know, we just bought a small piece that we don't, we don't, Lee doesn't own much, of uh, much of him.
1: We don't normally do Colts, but this one looked interesting because he's a full to honor code. Or ha- I'm sorry, a half to honor code.
3: Oh, interesting. Okay. Nice.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the pedigree right now. Serena song is the third dam. Uh, and like then
4: honor, uh, honor code's in the first dam.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Excuse me. Well, yeah, I'm checking that out right now. Okay. Yeah. So this, yeah, this horse has got a ton of pedigree. If you can just get, uh, maybe get a stakes win out of this horse somewhere down the road, this, he'd be a stallion prospect, probably.
1: That's the plan. That's the oh, plan. Ron's plan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> got, to give
1: credit, got, got to give all the credit to Ron here.
0: Okay. Uh, last thing before I turn it over to Alan. Uh, I mean, uh, any. Do you have any plans to jump into the breeding side and, you know, maybe retain a few brood mares along the way? Or is this just uh, you enjoy the racing part and just going to, you know, just, just sell, sell at the end of their career? We
4: are, we've had our best luck with fillies due to the residual value selling to breeders. And we, and we love the breeders, you know, and we wish them all well. But boy, is that a tough business. So, no, that's not, that's, that's not our game.
0: Well, very last question. Then when are you going to move to Kentucky? Because I think I feel like you belong up here with us.
1: Well, thank you for that. I've, last couple trips we've made up to Churchill, I keep telling Bob, maybe you should just buy a condo up here. Right. So could, you know, spend. We could split our time Tennessee and Kentucky. Each are beautiful states, and we love them both equally. But my my heart's in Tennessee because I grew up here, and and we're enjoying the summer with lightning bugs for the first time, and. 20 years,
3: so. Well, we got cicadas here. We're, we're,
1: <laughs> we're two hours
4: and 45 minutes to Churchill, 45 minutes to Kentucky Downs, and 315 to Keeneland. So we, we, we have it pretty good.
1: And 30 minutes to downtown
3: Nashville. if we. That's, that's a not a bad little gig right there. And that means we'll get to see you guys at Kentucky Downs over Labor Day weekend, right? Because I'll be there. Oh,
1: you have an open invitation to come down.
3: You got it. You got it. Uh, I got the Kentucky football game to get out of the way on that on that Saturday. But after that, I'm going to Kentucky Downs. So I can assure you that, especially the way they're racing this year. And I, I do have one quick thing I've got to mention uh, for Bob, something I think is really cool. I, I guess you're part of this too, Lee, or whatever. And I want you guys to talk about what you guys do. or Maybe it's just Bob. I'm not sure. When you go to a restaurant – and you bring in new racing fans when you ask to get the racing on TV. Could you explain what I'm talking about I think this is so awesome.
4: Well, it's really Lee's doing, but I'll explain it. We Every time we're out to lunch or dinner and racing is on, and we're in an establishment that has TVs on.
1: Say like a sports bar. We
3: right. We ask
4: for TVG or Fox Sports 2 or both or whatever is showing the horse racing to be put on. And then we make, we make small bets and it's frequently like a dollar bet. It's not a big bet. Okay. Um, for like Belmont or, or Gulfstream or whatever it is. And, uh, and we bet for our waiter our waitress. And, or waitress and it goes on top of their tip. They can't lose. The, 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 there's no losing here. So if, if our bet wins, it goes on top of their tip. And, uh, and then it, before you know it, all the the, the, the staff finds out. You know, everybody's rooting. Everybody's watching the TV, and, and then all the patrons are watching, and and they're all rooting for the waiter. Um, it's a lot of fun. It, it's 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 so little money. Uh, it's it's a good way to get people into the game potentially.
3: And it just excites people. It's just it's it's a really cool idea. And I think I'm gonna adopt that. I'm gonna spread your goodwill in the horse racing game up north here in the Bluegrass. I think that's a fantastic idea. I love it. I love it. You're gonna try that with me, CC. Next time we go out, next time we go to Bungalow Joe's, we'll try that. All right, CC. I have to pick can, a winner first. Yeah. Well, we'll to, you to, does the waiter pick or do you pick? How does that yeah, work? We,
4: we pick, and we generally start really easy. You know, we'll oh. pick. We'll pick a horse that's like, you know, almost for sure to finish in the money and bet it to show. But we'll pay them like it's, you know, even though it only paid two twenty, we'll pay it like it, you know, they earned the whole two twenty. Um, and then, uh, and, but then, then, you know, if they win three in a row, we'll, we'll frequently, uh, then we'll, we'll, put them on the spot and say, okay, do you want to parlay now? Now we're going to take some of your winnings if you want to keep betting. Um, and, 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 and we've only had one waiter out of literally how many years we've been doing this a long time.
1: Tens of tens of waiters. The, the, one, the, one guy goes, no, I'll take my winnings.
3: Cashing out. Yeah, cashed
4: out. Yeah. But most of, them, most of them parlay.
1: And then we'll go back to the restaurant, like the sports bar, like a couple weeks later, and the, the waitress, they're like, oh, we remember you guys.
3: Yeah, like that. I want to wait on them. I want to yeah. wait on them. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I am. I'm going to try that, Cece. I think some of the people, the places that I uh, frequent would probably appreciate that. So I love that idea. Well, guys, thanks for being on with us. Uh, we wish you the best of luck with love me, love me. One more time, love me some me, right? Love me. Best of luck with uh, her, him, whichever. Her, her, I'm, her. Uh, I get really bad with that stuff. Cece will tell you. And Daytona Stable again, if you, if you guys are interested uh, in getting into a great partnership, Daytona Stables uh, for these guys sounds like the way to go. And uh, best of luck with Centrifuge. And we Man. so appreciate you guys being on.
0: And the name of that filly with uh, Daytona is Miss Matchmaker. Miss
3: Matchmaker. You can't miss that out. You can't miss that. Follow uh, her. You follow yeah. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for being on. Thank and, uh, you. And good luck. Yeah, no problem. Good, uh, good luck this Friday with Centrifuge and beyond.
1: Thank you. We appreciate it.
3: Sure thing.
0: All right. That was our good friends Lee and Bob Butler. See them uh, hopefully in a stakes race soon or a really uh, high profile lounge race. So we wish them all the best of luck on Friday with Centrifuge. But now we turn our attentions to Churchill Downs' closing day, the day of the Stephen Foster handicap, or excuse me, it's not a handicap anymore, I believe it's a stakes, and uh, the Fleur de Lis. And to discuss those events and uh, the, the sporting undercard stakes, we've got our friend J.J. Hysel back and uh, J.J. is on the line with us are you there
2: I'm here guys good to talk with you
0: all right J.J. great to have you and uh the the meet is drawing to a close and I asked this uh to, of Alan earlier uh anything uh anything memorable outside of the uh the obvious uh, the, the uh the potential DQ of, of Medina Spirit. Uh, anything else stick out to you? Uh, any highlights or lowlights of the meet? Well, the,
2: the the one day that we had the two no contests will always no. stand out in my memory. That, that was bizarre. Uh, when we had two races that were declared no contest, that, that was just a weird day in racing all around because all over the country, there were all kinds of strange things happening. So, so I, I remember that. And I, I think this was a very good meet for the two-year-olds. Uh, we've, we've seen uh, some new sires have really come to the forefront at Churchill Downs, including Gunrunner, who was off to a great start as a sire. Uh, I think these two-year-old races really helped us kind of gauge some of these new sires.
0: Uh, do not you name off some of your, uh, your, your, uh, favorite, uh, freshman sires outside of Gunrunner?
2: Oh, gosh. I like Gunrunner. I like, um, Mo is, Mo Heyman is one that I think right. everybody, you know, needs to keep an eye on. Um, I would say those two are, are the standouts right now. Um,
0: pra- practical Joke's gotten off to a flying star as well.
2: Yeah. Practical Joke. Practical Joke is really off to a good start.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh so uh we're going to talk about these uh these big races at churchill Uh, always an exciting day one of my favorite days on the racing calendar and uh what we're going to do we're going to kick off with the fifth race we're going to skip the first four races it's a 12 race car but we're going to start with race five it's the nine furlong fleur de lee it's a grade two billies and mares three hundred thousand dollars going yeah like i said going a mile and eight on the dirt course and we got a surprise here is, is the six-horse Latruska. Uh, his trainer threw her hat into the ring, I believe, uh, over, over the past weekend. Uh, she just comes off of a uh, wire-to-wire victory in the Ogden Phipps, where she beat Bonnie South and last year's Kentucky Yellow Swinner. She dares the devil. Latruska is going to go off at four of five. And, J.J., we'll go with you first. And then we'll go to Allen. Uh, your thoughts on Latruska in the Florida League?
2: I think the question on everyone's mind is, is she vulnerable as this heavy favorite? And I do think that she is. I think wheeling back in just these three weeks, and although the Phipps was pretty much an easy stroll for her, uh, it is a quick turnaround. She's stretching out a bit from that race. Um, in my view, she's the type of runner, she's most comfortable up front early and on the pace if possible. Uh, all of her wins in the U.S., she was up front early, and I do think that puts her in a vulnerable spot here because she could be pushed early by Antoinette or Envoutat, who could, in turn, they could find a nice stalking spot behind her. I think a possible scenario in this race is having Latrisca, you know, getting a little tired to deepen the stretch and getting past. The, the question is who will pass her, and I, I think there's a couple of good candidates, but I think it's very possible that, that the quick turnaround could get her here with the stretch out.
3: Yeah, I echo our sentiments. I think, I'm, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people are going to feel the exact same way and attempt to beat a super horse like Latruska. She seems to be really best at one turn, although she beat Monomoy Girl at two turns. Um, the pace will be interesting. I, I came into this race thing and baton was definitely the one for me. I do think she'll still set the trip. It's can, If Latruska goes, can Brian wheel en out into that two path, three path? Because at the end of the day, Latruska's shipping into Churchill and uh, trying a mile, and uh, we are going a mile and a sixth, mile and an eighth, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ombattant's had two preps here. Has raced it, 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 several times in the last race was as easy as it, it could be. I know Latruska beat She Dares the Devil last time on the square, but that was a one turn mile. She Dares the Devil beat Ambaton two back, but had Brian been able to get off the rail that day, that could have been a different story. So I'm leaning on Avanton. I'm, I'm I'm definitely gonna use Avanton. I'm, I'm gonna tip my cap to Latruska. I think there was a couple others in here that could. I mean, Spice is nice as eight to one in, in the morning line. I think that's a little ridiculous. I'm sticking with Avanton because we've had uh, Scott Leeds on Walking Yell. We've we've talked about this horse. I'm pulling for the horse. Uh, maybe Latruska's presence just gets a little bit better price than Avanton, but I I can't I can't get off Brian Hernandez and, and Ken McPeak in this spot. CC. Well,
0: Latruska you know Latruska's fired five big shots since December. So you know at some point, I mean she's she's only a horse, so she's not a machine. So it, it, that's going to get to her at some point. Now the question is when when is that going to happen? I, I think it's worth taking a shot against her here. Uh, she gives Andretton five pounds, which is roughly what a length going going two turns. So uh, you know I think uh, I think Andre Tant, this is this might be her chance uh, if uh, Latruska Regresses, and you might get Amvutad at two
3: to one, five or two. I think that's worth a shot. Well, who's your pick, see, uh, JJ? Then?
2: Who's your? Um, pick? I I do think there are two there are two that I like for the possible upset, and you named them. I think Amvutad obviously, uh, you know, with her record three for four at CD, she's not going to be trouble with the distance. She could sit the perfect trip, and I, I think Spice is nice. I this horse with the tremendous breeding with this horse it's like we've always been waiting for the light bulb to go off with her and i think that maybe it did back at keeneland you know starting this four-year-old campaign i think the light bulb has gone off and todd pletcher and johnny v and she has the breeding she could take a major step up here i would not be
3: surprised if she won the race yeah and i think if you're playing a pick four pick five that's your uh that's your offsetting horse where you're going to uh, blow the thing, even though the horse figures. I think that horse, because everybody's going to focus on the top, too, I think that horse could blow things up. And since I won a single gunite in the race, in the, in the second race, that's definitely the way I'm thinking. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And let me ask you, JJ, is it, I can swear this is my podcast. It's horse shit. This isn't a grade one, right? I'm sorry. it broke up. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, I'm just saying, I said, this is my podcast, so I can swear if I want to, and you can too, by the way. Uh, It's (laughs) horse It's horseshit horseshit this race isn't a grade one, right? Oh, oh, it's grade one quality, yeah, definitely grade one quality. I mean, you know, Latriska
2: was kind of a last-minute ad, and I'm thinking maybe some of the horses in this race didn't expect that they
3: were going to see Latriska here. (laughs) Right, right. But yeah, this this is a great One. When I go to handicap down the road, when I look at this race, it's going to be a Grade One in my mind, and I think I'll be better for it. So, anyhow, all right, let's uh, let's skip race six, and we're
0: going to go to race seven. And this is the first leg of the Pick Six, the Derby City Six, that may have a carry, may or may not have a carryover. We don't know at this point. But this is the War Chance Stakes. I think he won the Breeders' Cup mile, turf mile, in 2000, 2000 right, at Churchill, right?
3: I believe Neil, I so, yeah. Neil, Neil Drysdale, is that right? Neil, yeah. D- wrong.
0: Neil Drysdale, right? Uh but Anyway, this is uh, for three years old, one mile on the turf course, and the tepid morning line favorite is number five, Royal Prince, three to one for Brad Cox, Florence Root, last seen, in the ottoman stakes uh may 29th where he finished third to cellist and palazzi alan will go to you first uh your selections in the war chant
3: you know I, I don't this race is solid i don't think it's fantastic uh there's a couple interesting horses in here last time royal prince was kind of like the, the now horse he was kind of the hot horse i honestly did not like the way he finished that much in that race that's not to say that at this uh, at this distance this horse puts it a much better much better for Cox and Drew. I mean, you know, they win all the time. Uh, and then of course we have Helium in here for my horse that I've always liked, and still searching for the right spot. I can see why they're trying this spot. This is a son of a Ironicus, so you know, the, the turf might be the ultimate goal for this horse. So those two obviously stick out to me because I think there's some there's some horses that I'm not that crazy about, but the one who intrigues me the most. Is next. I've always liked next for Wesley Ward on the outside. I've always felt like this horse has a little more talent than, than people getting a credit for He's making his first start in about four months. But I, I could see Johnny B sending this one and hoping to hold on. I, I can't say that I love next in this because The two I previously mentioned are, are too scary to say, Hey, single next, but I'll give this one a bit of a nod in here. And again, there's a couple of in here. I don't really care for. So, Give me next for Wesley Ward. Okay, JJ. Yes, and
2: I'm I'm glad that we're we're liking the same horses. Because I, I I think Next is is, is an up and comer as well. I mean he's appealing, dropping out of these graded stakes races. If he, he finds a better spot here, he's been tangling with some tough foes. I think he could be live second off the layoff for Wesley Ward. He he hits it about 27% with that angle. He's got a bullet work coming in with Johnny V. It's it's just something that you can't overlook. My top pick though would be Helium. I. And I'm hoping and praying that, the rain, that there's no rain and that we stay on yeah. the turf and it stays firm because many of us have been waiting for this opportunity to bet Helium on the turf. As you mentioned, the Sire Ironicus, the breeding is definitely there. Uh, it's just the perfect spot for him, I think, and the, the distance is perfect for him as well. It's, it's the right placement by Mark Cassie. I think he rebounds here. Royal Prince, you never can discount uh, Brad Cox in these big days at Churchill Downs. But to his credit, he had a tough trip-trip in the American turf. But in the Audubon, I think he struggled in the final 16th. Mm it's a positive move for him but the main question is where will he be placed where will you replace him will he be in the middle of the pack or will he be up close because there's some pace in the race so he could sit a bit far off but it's only a mile so yeah. where, where would you put this horse where he would have the best advantage i think he's he's very dependent on where he is in races if you look at his form and and it's kind of it's difficult to, to bet a horse like that because then then you're depending on luck
3: I agree. I agree. Well, with that in mind, where's Helium going to get played? I think Helium got the lead by default last time, yes. and I don't think it was what he wanted in that spot. So i mean, And Tyler gets them out here today, which you know, obviously gives you a little more confidence. Helium sits at today. Yes,
2: I think Tyler will have him in a good spot. Tyler will analyze the race and will have him sitting where he needs to be. That, that's why I think Helium is very well placed here. I think Mark Cassie has him finally where he, you know, he really belongs. And it takes a while sometimes to figure out with these young horses, where do they really belong? Uh, he, he won, you know, on dirt, obviously, so it was hard to figure out. But I think his future is on turf, and, and if it stays firm turf,
3: I, I think he has a solid chance. I agree. CC, how about you, pal? I don't
0: have a whole lot of conviction in here. I I think, I think helium's probably the, the one with the brightest future. You know, Royal Prince was supposedly training well going into the Ottoman stakes last time. And as I recall, didn't we get a lot of rain that week or the track had a little bit of give in it, maybe.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Maybe they contributed to to his poor performance or his, his lack of finish late. And, you know, the horse turns back to a mile. I think, you know, I, I think, you know, He's going to be up on the lead, and I think that's probably where you want to be in this spot. So, you know, I, I would definitely use him, and and uh, I'm I'm interested in next a little bit too. Uh, horse, I'm going to fade. I don't like it at all. It's starring in my dreams for Stewart and Ortiz. Uh, I think this horse might take a little bit of play, uh, but uh, I I don't like him at all making this turf debut. I don't I don't see a lot of turf pedigree there at all. But uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, Royal Prince and uh, Helium were the ones I'm most interested in.
3: Sounds like we're all on about the same page for the most part. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> now,
0: <laughs> now the waters get deeper here in race eight. It's the yeah. 1000 dollars debutante for two-year-old fillies, six furlongs on the dirt. And this this thing is wide open number eight on the ones and twos for Norm Cassie. And Florent Giroux is a five to two choice uh interestingly enough just looking at the buyer figures in this race uh, they're a whole lot stronger than the male counterparts in the ninth race uh jj will go to you first uh who do you like in the uh, the debutante
2: yeah this is a tough one and and these two early season two-year-old races are very difficult because oftentimes you only have one or two races to to base on some of these horses have run one four and a half furlong race so you really have no clue what they're what their talent level is yet, how they're going to fare shipping and going up against tougher companies. So these are very tough races. Um, a lot of time I will err uh, on the side of pedigree and also on trainer. A lot of these trainers are better with two-year-olds. Obviously Steve Asmussen is is one of them. Brett Calhoun will sometimes pull off an upset with these Texas shippers. You do have to watch for that occasionally. But uh, Norm Cassie has had a tremendous meet. He's, he's got seven winners so far. And he's he's got several nice two-year-olds that have won at this meet, and the, the on the ones and twos is one of them. Uh, definitely, there's there's nothing to knock. I mean, her race included Tis Plenty, who returns here, and and she handled that test with the plum. Um, the the combo of of him of Cassie and Daru is is 40%. So, but it's it's tough to gauge, you know, whether or not she's going to move forward. I think there are several other horses in here that. Definitely could move forward. I really like the price on Molly Kate. I believe 8 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a horse coming in off a of bullet work. Uh, I think that was a strong race. It was a maiden 114 here at Churchill. This, the time was decent. This is a daughter of Tapazar. Unfortunately, we lost Tapazar, but a very, very good sire. Um, I, I think this is a horse that will be overlooked, and if she doesn't win, I think she could hit the board. Um, at those odds, it's very difficult to overlook. Then you have... Behave Virginia, who probably had the most eye-catching win of the group, just, just drew off. It's rare that you see a two-year-old filly draw off like that at five and a half furlongs, just simply one, one with ease. So Behave Virginia, if she's, if she's solid odds, uh, could be a, a definite challenge to the favorite. And then, of course, you have the asthma since what, what do you do with the asthma? To, I'm a I'm a huge Gunrunner fan. I, I think Gunrunner is going to have Uh, tremendous tremendous runners and he's got wicked halo here one on a muddy track though so it's difficult to predict will she transfer the form to a a fast track if that's what we get it it was you know a gate to wire kind of easy win at a lower level but i I do think with the breeding and with asmussen uh, and jose ortiz aboard i I think that's one to look at and tis, tis plenty you know she she's got a chance. I think that's one to hit the board as well. But I I would definitely consider Molly Kate if you're playing exotics in this race.
3: Yeah, John Ennis has had a, one heck of a two-year-old season too, just like Norm Cassie has. And uh, I have learned start paying more attention to him. <laughs> yeah. That's on me. That's on me. We all we all try to learn from our mistakes. That's one I've made this year. Um, I am going to lean in this spot to uh, Tis Plenty, and I'll tell you why. Uh, well first off, obviously I know Asmussen's had a bit of a cold meet, particularly with the two year olds by his standards and uh, this horse, what I like with this horse he had had his, had, had to get the uh, to get used of the trip race then had the, the benefit of that race show some a lot more professionalism second time out from the rail in kind of a convincing win. I know on the ones and twos beat him first time out, but he broke from the rail or she broke from the rail last time as did her uh, stablemate broke from the rail. Her stable gets the rail again. Uh, I think with the professionalism um, that she showed in her second start, perhaps uh, from the three-hole, she can sit that ideal trip maybe second, third in this spot and maybe get the jump on some of these with a little bit more seasoning. And this horse, if I'm not mistaken, is a half to Mr. Money, if I'm not a tool. Yeah. And then, the, as you mentioned, the Calhoun Runner uh, in here is that, is that race. The Calhoun Runner from Texas. Yes, catches if you can, it can be sneaky too. Yes. A huge, huge uh, rally uh, over a sealed racetrack at uh, Lone Star. Sometimes those sealed racetracks pr- produce bizarre results. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean s- strong in a race where there's seven horses that can win this race. I'm gonna take a shot with Tiz Plenty and maybe, maybe stand my ground there. And by the way, while I've got here, what does one on the ones and twos mean? I've heard that, that phrase numerous times recently, and I gotta be honest with you, I don't know what it means. Do you guys know? I know
0: nothing. I don't I don't know anything about pop culture. I, I all I know is horse race. So it's up to you. JJ. JJ.
2: I do not know what it means. I, I, I kept looking at the name when I first saw her entered, and I thought, what is that?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just keep hearing it. There's got to be something to it, but, you know, I'm old and decrepit, so maybe they can enlighten me on social media or in my everyday life. But anyway, CeCe, your turn, pal. I
0: am I was trying to Google it, but I, I I don't even know
3: how to do We need to ask Norm. Norm, Norm can tell us. We, we should yeah. tweet Norm Cassie. He, he probably knows. There you knows. go. He has he has had one hell of a meet with his two year olds. By the way, they've all looked great.
0: Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got nothing.
3: <laughs> okay, well give us a winner then. We'll settle for that. I mean, you yeah, know, we that's, like money.
0: That's another. It, this is a spread <laughs> race to me. I I, I kind of like uh, number seven, Behave Virginia, who uh, won easily on debut for McPeak. Now uh, this is a daughter of Unified, who's also a first crop sire, and uh, you know she she did it the right way. Usually. Uh, if McPhee can get a first-time starter to win, that means he, they usually have some talent. So I, I have a feeling they might like this one. I, one thing we need to talk about, we, we we alluded to this earlier before J.J. came on, uh, Brian Hernandez gave up the mount on King Fury in the Ohio Derby to ride Churchill today, or on mm. Saturday, I mean. So that's something to maybe keep an eye on. And here he is. He shows up here for McPhee mm-hmm. on Behave Virginia. So, something to watch out for i i I need to go back and watch the replay on that first race for number five catch us if you can for calhoun she got a really slow buyer figure but she made up eight links from the start from the first call to the wire so maybe she has some talent and that's a daughter of practical joke like we alluded to Mm -hmm. earlier she's uh this one might be okay and if calhoun thinks enough to ship her up here maybe she's got a shot so but uh, i think this race is uh it's tough. And I like I would use Norm Cassie's horse as well, but I'm, I'm spreading here because I don't have a real opinion. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. right.
3: Go ahead. Oh, I just say, okay, it's a lot of different opinions in this race. And I, I don't care for the four, nine, and 10 in here, the, the, the outsiders, but outside of that, the other seven, you could throw them in a hat. You never know, but uh, we'll see how these two year olds do on Saturday.
0: Race nine is the Bashford Manor Stakes, a grade three, $150,000 for two year olds. And six furlongs on the the dirt, just like the the debutante stakes. The morning line favorite is number four, Glacial, for Norm Cassie and Joe Talamo. Horse broke his maiden May 29th. Uh, He beat uh, uh, the favorite, Vodka and Water, in that spot. Uh, First of all, which came first, the Bachelor Manor Stakes or the Bachelor Manor Mall? I
3: don't know which came last. Because the Bachelor Manor Mall is gone <laughs> for people who are listening outside the state. But do you know, JJ, I do not know. I don't know, but I would guess the stakes are.
0: I think yeah, the, I steaks, yeah, the steaks is really old. It's like 90, 90 years old or something like that. But The mall had a, had my favorite Arby's in the world. When, when you go there, it had the best roast beef sandwich ever. It was just so yes.
2: good.
3: Yes, and it was across from the Allied Sporting Goods and the Target. Yeah. yeah, That's
0: exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that
3: was a cool and, mall. If the people living outside of louisville I mean th- that area was that was hopping back in the mm-hmm. day and right. that was uh showcase cinemas were like the the main uh movie theater in our city and then you know, the Toy Tiger was out there too if you're if you are mad I don't know if you ever went to the Toy Tiger of jJ but you go see a poison cover band or a docking cover band and it was it got kind of wild in there and stuff but uh um, alas, those days ah. are a long gone. <laughs> I've never lived in Wobble, but I saw I saw a lot of movies
0: that showcase cinemas down the street from,
3: yes, from the mall. But anyway. True. We otherwise. digress.
0: All right. So uh Alan, we'll go to you first. And who do you like in the Bachelor Manor?
3: Well, you know, this is where I trust JJ's opinion more than mine. She's the pedigree expert. She knows a lot more about the babies and sees the works. So I'm interested to hear what she says. Uh, but I always am. That said in here. I'm, I am going to take a Mr. Norm Cassie in this spot. Uh, I, I like Glacial. I like the, I like what Glacial show. We, we were on Glacial last time. We, we did pretty well with Glacial, as I recall, first time out. But watching that race live in real time and going back and seeing it later that day confirmed kind of what I thought in that day. The horse broke it a little bit slow mm-hmm. and uh, actually kind of rushed up from the inside a little bit. And put, a, ho- put a, a horse away that had run twice prior to that. Just shook, just shook that horse off at the top of the stretch. Showed me a lot. You look at the early pace figures there, 95, 97. Um, they, they kind of the same as some other horses in here. But, again, this horse did break kind of flat-footed and rushed up. So it, it shows me a lot more. I think this horse could go to the front if they wanted to. And I think from the – even though the horse came out of the three hole, hole last time, I feel like she, it felt like she was on the rail. Today she gets the four hole. I think she can do a lot of different things from that. From that, um, or he can do a lot of different things from that spot. So I do like Glacial quite a bit in here, but I know JJ likes the Gunrunner babies, and I like the other Gunrunner horse in here too for Asmus and the Red Run. Uh, you know, this horse did it the right way, going five furlongs first time out, uh, One easily. The Gunrunners, I know the Gunrunners are gonna get better as they stretch out. I know they are. So those are the two for me in here: is Glacial and a Red Run.
0: Go
3: oh, ahead, yeah, JJ. Yes, I, I, I'm having that dilemma as well, because Red Run is
2: my top pick, I have to say, but it's with hesitation. I, I really like like Red Run because that was a very professional win. Uh, he didn't have this easy gate-to-the-wire stroll in the park. Mm-hmm. He was hampered by an outside post. He was wide, three wide, on an off track, and he still won impressively. Uh, one thing we have to remember about these gun runners that, that Asmussen has, they ran on off track, so we don't know how they will transform if we get a fast track, but I I think that they will be okay. I I just think, like you said, the the gun runners are are going to be very classy. But you you have the problem now of I I heard an interview today with Norm, and he was talking about glacial. And now I'm a little concerned because Norm Cassidy is very high on glacial. He says out of all the two-year-olds that he's had win at this, this meet, he said glacial but by far has has impressed him the most he said that glacial came back to the barn like he hadn't even run a race right and said that in the mornings he has been training spectacularly i i think they have very high expectations for glacial so that concerns me i, I would not leave glacial off your tickets it's unfortunate being the favorite but sometimes you just you can't go against the favorite or or you'll lose right. um, i think double thunder has you know, one of the higher buyer speed figures in this field. It was a four and a half heat out of Monmouth, but it's, it's Pletcher and Velasquez. And, and you're thinking, well, if I leave Pletcher and Velasquez off a ticket, I'm going to feel really idiotic. So that, that's a horse that I'm looking at. I'm wondering, what, what is Pletcher doing here bringing this horse to this race? I'm intrigued by Double Thunder, even though that was only a four and a half furlong race. And I think that a oh, horse, I don't have him in the wind spot. But I think I think a horse that you would want to consider for superfecta is uh, is whistle while you mow. <laughs> I
3: have trouble saying. <laughs> I love that. I love that.
2: <laughs> whistle while you mow. I know I'm going to get it right. I've, I've said it wrong to my friends many times. He was the first winner for Mohayman, which I've mentioned. Mohayman, that was that was what it, May 31st. Mohayman has already had three more winners since then. I wow. think. Wow. Um, this was a great race. If you get a chance to watch the, the replay, it's on the Prairie Meadows website. It was a dead heat, and this horse fought. He refused to lose. It was only four and a half furlongs. It, it is a lower-level race at Prairie Meadows, but he's coming in off a of bullet work. They're shipping him here to this race. I think it's very possible that he could hit the board just based on class alone because of his breeding and because he, he looks like he's a hard fighter. I, I don't have him in the wind spot. But at a price, why not throw him in on your trifectas and superfectas?
3: I would agree with that uh, because when I see a race like this, and I think – I usually think in terms of superfectas, and I think the horses we mentioned, there's a a top tier of candidates in in this race, right? There's the Asmuthon horse, there's the Cassie horse, and we didn't even mention the Dallas Stewart horse on the inside. The win candidates, there's there's probably a handful of win candidates, the Pletcher horse, and then there's some horses that probably don't belong in here. So all it takes is a little bit of one of the quote-unquote favorites not to fire, and another horse to outrun their expectations. Someone like this, and you all of a sudden you've just uh, hit a decent superfecta that honestly wasn't that hard. So I like your selection here. The, the only thing I'd ask you, if the dam, I see the dam is ever nice out of uh, Mutakdeem, Muttak, and she's three for three throwing winners. Do you know anything about the dam?
2: Uh, I do not know much about about Evernice. I, I do know that that is that is a, a very good pedigree though to match
3: with Mohamed. As far as matching with Mohamed, that is a very good pedigree. Okay, cool. So you've got me sold. I was as we were talking about this, I'm I'm trying to think of a, a way to play the super, and I think you just gave me my underneath key. So we'll, and of course I just whistle while I whistle while am old too. So I've got to use it. All right, <laughs> C. <CC. laughs>
0: Well, I'm just gonna throw two out here for you. One, I'm gonna put JJ on the spot because I don't know this trainer. I with the number three tapped off is uh, goes for Darren Williams, Darren M H Williams. I I did I tried to find out who this guy is, and he's had a few starters at Churchill so far. But the only Darren Williams I have found is is a trainer in New uh, New Zealand. Hey. And. Hmm. I think he may be a, a relatively top trainer down there, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And, you know, this horse on debut ran fairly well. He got, uh, he got jostled around a little bit going into the turn and then uh, took the lead, probably made the lead too soon. And two horses caught him at the end, actually held on for second. But uh, I think this horse might be okay. I You know, he may not win, but uh, he earned a, a a strong buyer figure, uh, uh, you know, relative to the others in here. I, I, I'm going to give this horse a shot. Tapiture's a good, good sire. He only paid twelve thousand dollars for this horse, but uh, uh, JJ, do you know anything about this trainer, Darren Williams? Uh,
2: I do not. I, I I thought that I had seen his name at Turfway, but I can't be positive about that. I I thought I had seen that, but I I sure. can't be positive. But he's had he's had three
3: starts here at Churchill. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe he's an assistant that just went out on his own or something for a trainer that we all know. I, I don't know, but I, I have I, seen the name recently.
0: I could not find anything on Google other than that interview on YouTube, and I don't, I don't know if it's the same guy or not. Uh, but uh,
3: is he anyway. one of the one that Darren's that was married on Be, on Bewitched? Is he one of those? There were two <laughs> Darrens on there. See,
0: there you go. There you go with the pop culture again. I, I, I can't know.
3: help it. I'm old. But go ahead.
0: Uh, yeah, tapped off. I'm, I'm going to use that one. I'm probably going to. Use that one in, in the pick four. And then number two, lands down. Uh Something to keep an eye on. I do believe, is, is Gunite running earlier on the card Saturday? Yes.
2: Yes, yeah. Gunite.
0: Lansdowne, you know, he, he showed a lot of speed. He uh, he beat Gunite. So you want to watch what Gunite does on Saturday. And then Roger McQueen was an expensive son of Unified at the Ocala sale. And Roger McQueen is also running Saturday at Arlington. Oh really? Yeah, so you know, watch those two races. uh, Yeah, he's eight to five morning line for Ravelli. So uh, keep an eye on those two horses. If if they run okay, I think you might want to include Lansdowne, who you know, when Dallas wins first time out, it's usually a a starter with uh, some potential. So uh, yeah, and then you all covered the others, but uh, I I would just
3: keep an eye on those two. Lansdowne is half brother brother of of Midnight Lucky. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, you're right. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say Lansdowne is a half brother of uh, Midnight Lucky, which you might remember uh she want the Humana Distaff. Yes,
3: yes. Very yes.
2: very talented, very yes. talented boy.
0: She finished second in the in the in the Oaks. She was one of the favorites in the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah. I don't know if she finished second, but she was she was well thought of.
3: I should mention Gun and at raise two, going back to raise two. I know we weren't talking about that, but if, if you watch the last race, I, I, I didn't think Gunnight was going to win last time, and she didn't, but she impressed the hell out of me, or he impressed the hell out of me, and because if you go back to those past – Gunnight made up a ton of ground late in that race for a two-year-old, and they, that long, steady – uh, stride. I expect Gunite to win race two, or if, if for some reason she do, he doesn't, I mean, this horse is going to be a good one down the road. This horse wants a lot more ground, and I, I was really impressed with Gunite's last race, but I know that's going back to race two. But I, you mentioned Knight and that, we've been talking about Gunner, so I just had to mention that horse. Yeah, that
2: second race is a salty Salty race that second. I mean, if they if they get the full field and there's no scratches, that that's a race where you'd want to play a superfecta. Mm. Um unfor- unfortunately two of the horses that I really like drew on the side and I don't know I don't know how that's going to affect them. Fifth Avenue red and hilarious affair.
3: Yeah, you could put Superfecta Gunite 1 and 2 in there, I think, maybe with some of those first-timers in there that could be really good. But I don't know. We'll see. That's just my opinion. But, yeah, you're right. That's a really good uh, race, too. really good two-year-old race we got going in race two that day. Okay.
0: Three more to go. We're halfway through, halfway through pick six. And race number 10 is the Wise Dan, uh, grade two, $300,000, mile sixteenth on the grass. Number one is set piece, eight to five morning line for Brad Cox, Ron I've been saying Jeru's name a lot so far. He's on a lot of, he got a lot of chances uh, to, to score on Saturday. Set piece in the Douglas Park at Churchill on May 29th, uh, easily. And now he returns here. JJ, will go to you. Who do you like in the Wise Dan?
2: This is a tough one. It, it is a tough one because you've got set piece who obviously uh, the, the, the deserve a top choice, I think. Uh, just just to Jedmont stand out, he's won two in a row at Churchill with turf, turf rated good, but obviously he's beaten top quality co- competition. He's three or four overall at Churchill. He is a closer, often a late closer, coming from an inside post. So I'm wondering how Drew will handle his placement uh, in this race, whether or not he will be, he will still be coming from so far back, or maybe from a little bit closer up. But I, I don't think it will matter. Obviously, he's he is one of the main main contenders, and you just can't discount him in this race. Uh, there's Kentucky Ghost is an exotics pick for me, not in the wind spot, but I would I would look at Kentucky Ghost for the exotics. Uh, let, me, let me look at my notes field pass field pass found himself on the pace early in the man of war and he he just couldn't hold on i think the cut cut back in distance will help that um had that wire to wire win in Audubon last at in the audubon last year and i'm i'm wondering if if they might try to pull something similar off with with that with field pass might might have might go back to that that early pace
3: hmm. yeah um first off she she mentioned one of the horse there i i'm on set piece i i, I think set piece is uh a really, really nice horse. And if you go back and you, I mentioned this the last time set piece ran and won the turf races, they wait longer with set piece on the, on the, uh, on the all weather surfaces. That's why you see that the late pace figures are 107 for all her late on the, on the, uh, synthetics. And then when they go on the turf, it's like, they know they've got to get the horse going further. So they get faster. So they can get her going quicker. So, or him quicker. They make the move earlier. That's why the second call numbers are the highest in their brisnet pace. So I think you see them go earlier with this horse on the turf, and I think it pays off. They'll have to here because there may be a a bit of a pace issue in here because some like it hot browns in the race. I think set piece is probably a better horse, but again, you never know. Pace can be a great equalizer. I'm going to lean to set piece but JJ mentioned one of the horses I really liking her to, to blow this thing up. And there's another one in here too. And they just came out of the same race and that's Kentucky goes to one and in love at 20 to one and Kentucky goes, ran down in, in love. And what was a, almost a stakes quality allowance race last time. Yeah. Love got a great trip that day, but she was close. He was close closer to the pace. He wanted to by default that you always got to watch him. Horses to go to the front by default when they kind of have to, to make a move i think that's what happened in love this time last time in love's race at keenan last year was a fantastic race where she just blew the doors off them down the stretch that's the way she, that horse would prefer to run so i see set piece in here as where it's gonna be really tough to beat as well as someone like a hot brown but those two horses i just mentioned in love and kentucky ghost as jj also mentioned with the kentucky ghost they came out of the same race mm-hmm. and they're both 20 to one in the morning line, and that has me salivating to be honest But from a super effective standpoint Right. Uh, two, I would definitely keep an eye on in here, CC.
0: Well, I, I, I think some like the Brown, the three horse has a huge advantage here. Uh, just looking at his two races this year, he ran the makers Mark mile and fought through a really incredible pace. 22 and two, 45 and three had nothing left to offer uh going on a mile. So he came back on Preakness day in the dinner party and I kind of tossed him because there was another horse in there named Flying Scotsman who, who was a confirmed front runner. And I thought, you know, maybe this horse can't rate. Well, Flying Scotsman went straight to the lead, and some like a hot brown did rate.
3: Yeah, he exactly.
0: Yeah, and he won. He won that race in a in a fairly quick time. And I think he's going to have an advantage here. He's going to be on a, on a on a loose and lonely lead. I know. So, I don't think anybody here wants to go with him unless, you know, like J.J. said, that's interesting. Maybe they send field pass and uh, something like a hot brown just laps off of him. But uh, right. regardless, I think this horse has a pace advantage. Now, you know, I'm I'm kind of chalky in here, so I won't talk too much. But uh, last on our last pod, we said this uh, the Douglas Park was an important race for set piece because every time he ran a huge race, he would always bounce. Now he's put together two two big races in a row, so I I, I would expect this horse's. Uh, Brad Cox has found the keys to uh, to what makes this horse tick, and Set Piece is probably come will come running late. It's just a matter of uh, uh, if he can catch some like a Hot Brown, and I think uh, at least one of these will will wind up in a Grade One at Saratoga over the summer. So, uh, it, to me, it's the chalk in here, one and
3: three. Uh- But mass AJ, uh, JJ, real quick, write a comment. How are you feeling about writing? I'm tending to fade this one in this spot, even though it's carefully Leone. How do you feel about writing a comment in here?
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you guys about how you felt about Ryder Comedies. He's got mixed form, and it's it's very yeah. difficult. Last last out, he was obviously overmatched. You know, I mean, domestic spending. You know, he's he's been overmatched. He's raced at five different tracks since last October. I'm just wondering, can he run back to that runner-up effort in the Maker's Mark, which when he was second to Raging Bull? I mean, the class is obviously there. So, can you discount a horse with that class, even though he's, he seems to have been inconsistent of
3: late? Yeah, and if you're going to take a closer in a spot like this where the pace could be a scenario, I mean, yeah, I would rather side with set piece than I would right. ride a Comet. But uh, And then the distance, too, may not be right up right a Comet's alley as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to put leave that one off the top line. The way I kind of see this race, how I might like to play, as we just mentioned, you have set piece, really good closer, and then you have some like a hot brownie may have a pace advantage. If, one of those, if you believe one of those two win, we talked about Kentucky Ghost and then Love. Maybe those are your super effective keys, perhaps, in the two or three spot to kind of blow something up. But that's just a thought. So Or field pass. You know, field pass. Uh, you, you've actually warmed me up the field pass. I was kind of tossing that one. But the more I'm thinking about it, uh, I've got to give field pass a little more love in this spot because of what you said, JJ.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think that we've we've got a good exotic spec nailed down for this race. It, it, and like you said, it's very difficult in this race because the chalk looks so heavy here. But you you could make money if you're doing some exotic bets and some of these price horses that we like, especially a horse like Kentucky Ghost comes in.
3: Amen. I agree with you. I agree. I think it. I think this one might be right for a little super tri action here.
0: Okay, it's time for the race 11. It's the centerpiece of the big day. The Stephen Foster, grade two, $600,000 purse, nine furlongs on the Church of Downs dirt track. And, of course, the heavy favorite in here is number eight, Maxfield. For Brendan Walsh and Godolphin, uh, six out of seven in the win column. Uh, His only defeat was in the the big cap in Santa Anita back in March. Uh, It was his first trial to mount a quarter, but he came back to win the Alisheba. On Oaks Day and where he blew away visitant or visitant and chess chief. Uh, Alan, we'll start out with you. Who do you like in the Stephen Foster?
3: I feel like I should defer. This is the, the centerpiece of the race. I think I've, we should defer to our guest. I, I'm, I'm going to let JJ go first here after you, ma'am.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, unlike uh, i am like the Florida de I do think we have a, a very tough-to-beat favorite here who's going to be very tough to beat and probably not very vulnerable. Uh, Maxfield, what a specimen. I mean, this set of streets, since he's just a picture of athleticism. When you see him in the morning at Keeneland training, uh, you know that that's, that's Maxfield. Just absolute yeah. standout. Um, it, well, what is there to knock about him? I mean, he's 3-for-3 three three at CD. As you mentioned, his only loss in his career. I think it's interesting. His only loss was at a mile and a quarter. Uh, most of his best races have been in a mile of 16th, but I honestly don't think this distance matters. I don't think it's going to be any detriment for him. Um, I think it's not a question of flaws with Maxfield, because I really can't find any in this race. I think it's a matter of, do you think any of these other horses can actually step up? Have they improved enough to where they're going to overtake Maxfield? And it, in looking at the field, I, I do like Chef Chief. I, I do. I think he's a definitely oh. a candidate to hit the board. Um, I, I think... Maxfield has beaten him handily twice, so that that's a deferment. But he would need a big step forward. But I, but I think he's gaining on him. And I think talking with Dallas, I, I heard another interview with Dallas. He is extremely happy to have Johnny V aboard. Hmm. And I I just think that this horse could be one who could make a step up. I I think another one to watch is Necker Island. Um, this team of of Chris Hartman and and Mitchell Merle. Um, Mitchell Moore, by the way, has the best hashtag on racing Twitter. If you've ever seen it, it says "Bet Mitch Get Rich," um, which awesome. I love that hashtag because they have been winning lights out at Churchill. And this is a horse that I have always thought had a lot of a lot of promise. Uh, he was he was well placed here, third, third off the layoff, coming in off an optional claim and wing. He has the back class, and you know, Maxfield had his number last year, but I think looking at him growing. At, at, into a four-year-old. I, I think that he could make the move up, and if he doesn't win, definitely candidate to hit the board. Um, Silver Dust is – he's a tappet, and he shows that he's a tappet. If anyone he certainly falls does. Forth, <laughs> yeah, you know tappets are very – I call them eccentric fellows and, and ladies. Uh, he has a lot of trouble with gait. He had to be scratched before the blame because of his gait issues. Uh, I think he's very inconsistent. Um, I just I, – I don't, I don't like him here for the wind spot. Um, I think he's very competitive, but he's just too tough to predict. You just don't know what he's going to do. Uh, Warrior's Charge, he was very slow at the start, and he had a very bad break in the Steve Sexton mile. And that was really a shame because we really would have liked to have seen what he'd done in that race going a mile. Uh, The question that leads for him is the distance. He looks like a front-running type who needs to lead. And I think they were on the right track sending him there to go a mile. Um, I see him as a pace factor here. I don't have him uh, in the win spot. And I think Visitant, who, who ran well as the pace factor in, in the Alishiba and held on for a second, but will James Graham have him in a stalking spot with Warriors Charge in here, or yeah. could the tactics change? You, you don't know what the tactics are going to be with Visitant. Um, I, I think he would need a big step forward to beat Max Field. And out of the Alishiba, I would take Chess Chief over Visitant to make the step forward.
3: But uh, very thorough. That's why I deferred to you, JJ. <laughs> very impressive. And you're right. Maxfield is a specimen. I mean, if anybody's ever seen the horse with that Godolphin blue on his back, the horse looks like a picture of a racehorse that you'd want. Uh, looks yeah. like a tank. Um, I'm going to do something stupid here. Because as you said, Maxfield, there's no flaws. The, the mile and a quarter race in California was the only flaw. And of course, mile and a quarter races sometimes produce one pace results i think that's kind of what happened there the, the thing about maxfield that's so impressive she the horse isn't uh, a quote-unquote closer like people think she is. There, there's a little tractability of this horse but if the pace says hey we need to be late fairly close they lay fairly close and they just kick on the late pace figs would would uh bear that out i mean there's i see seven career starts six career uh triple digit uh closing figs uh That's huge. I don't think the mile and eighth is going to bother the horse. I'm going to take a chance in here to try to maybe, maybe, maybe Maxfield gets going too late. Maybe Sprawl with uh, for our buddy Tom Drury and Brian Hernandez. Maybe they get the jump. Maybe they sit the trip when Warriors charge, maybe starts to back up. But Sprawl kind of got in a bit of a claustrophobic uh, effort last time. I I feel like the horse never got the opportunity to really get running in that that blanket finish uh, about a month ago. Maybe with the field a little more spread out this time, Brian's able to get her outside, uh, get him outside, maybe get first run on Maxfield. It's it's a stretch. It's a stretch because I think Maxfield still can run all these down. But I'm going to take Sprawl to upset Maxfield and was probably a silly pick, but at 10 or 11 to 1, I'll give it a shot. But uh, I, I do believe Maxfield is by far and away the one to, to be here. And I should give a nod to South Bend too. South Bend got completely eliminated in their last race. And uh, but the pace factor may may work against South Bend. And if you take a look at these Brisnet figs at the mile and eighth distance at Churchill this meet, I think they've had I think I read 41 starters at a mile and eighth, and the average uh, how am I going to say this? The winner was always less than the length. Uh, uh at any point in the race the up you, at the mile and eighth distance what i'm saying is you want to be up close that's another reason i went to sprawl so uh it is amazing how pace dictates the mile and eighth races at churchill so anyway i've talked too long cc you're up i
0: will just make it short and sweet that they can't hold a candle to maxfield on his best day he's three three four links five links better than, than the best in here uh the the only way he loses is if he bounces off the big effort he he had a he ran a a monster thorough graph on february 13th in the stakes down there then they shipped him to santa anita fairly quick and he did bounce uh with some time off he came back and 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 a match he paired up that big figure on oak's day and that that type of figure is a breeder's cup classic type of figure so this horse has bigger fish to fry but, uh, yeah, I, Maxfield's going to win this. Uh, maybe South Bend to pick up the pieces, although I think everybody in the world saw that stretch run in his last start. And his price might be a little bit depressed. Uh, it might be a little bit depressed relative to his actual chances. But maybe maybe South Bend to uh, pick up the pieces for second, third, or fourth. And, you know, to me, that this – I'm hopeful for sprawl be rooting for sprawl because of uh, Tommy Jury but uh and you know he's his uh, his best race uh at Churchill May 9th that 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 would that would probably get second here behind Maxfield so uh yeah give me Maxfield over South Bend and sprawl uh
3: the point I was trying to make a moment ago that I didn't elucidate very well at, at, there's been 40 races at the 9 furlong distance at Churchill this meet on the dirt the average at the first call, the winner's average behind length was 0.8 lengths. At the second call, 0.7 lengths. Now, I'm not saying Maxfield cannot overcome something like that by any stretch of imagination, but it is something to keep in mind that uh, at the nine furlong races, being up on the pace has proven to be a winning formula at Churchill. It may not be just for this race, but any, any nine furlong race, the remainder of the meet, I mean uh, – Apparently, for whatever reason, they don't make up a ground at nine furlongs. And we saw it in the Kentucky Derby, the mile and a quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, four, the top four horses did not make yep. up any ground on each other. And we've seen a couple mile and a quarter races this meet where, you know, just one, you get on the lead and, and they can't catch you. So just just one little out there. Maybe if, if you like Maxfield, maybe you want to put a pace horse there with them in the underneath spot. So just something to keep in mind.
0: All right. One more to go. That is the 12th race. It's the one-mile Tepin, $150,000 for year old Phillies, one-mile on the grasslands. The tepid favorite in the Teppen is number eight, Toby's Heart, Brian Lynch, and Javier Castellano. And Toby's Heart comes in off of a fifth-place finish in the Soaring Softly at Belmont. They ship her in here. Blinkers come off uh alan you finish it off who do you like in the tap?
3: this is the hardest damn race of the card (laughs) i don't know um that said you know um i see eight or nine in the race Uh, i'm you know when i see a spread race i'm either going to try to single or narrow it down try to get the jump on people in other races or maybe i'm just going to take prices but I think I'm going to make a win selection here with, uh, Adam Adam who has been riding really well and new boss, the 10 horse for Brett Calhoun. Um, uh, there's a lot of ways you can go in here and I wouldn't talk hardly anybody of any horse in here, but this horse rebounded last time. The horse got stuck down inside two races back at Keeneland. And I think that hurt her that day, hurt, hurt her that day. She came back and run a really good race in that really wild, uh, mamzelle that, uh, Lady E, that the one at the wire, but this horse fought her ass off the whole way around the track. When you go back at the fairgrounds, she won a stakes. Bit of a slow time, bit of a slow pace, but uh, her final times, her final figs rate with anybody in this race here, uh, even at the two-turn distance. So I'm going to take a shot, and I could talk about the other 10 horses forever, but I'm not going to. It would take me forever, uh, with new boss, maybe up on the pace trying to wire this field. If not, wiring it, laying up really close. Give me a new boss at 10 to 1 the 10 horse for Brett Calhoun and Adam Bashitza.
0: go ahead JJ Yeah I,
3: that's interesting.
2: I'm, I'm looking at that now at what you're saying that that is an interesting aspect that I was I was looking at that horse as well and wondering what what is this going to do because like, like you said this this is really a difficult race to to predict uh, be, because some of these horses are so far apart. Yeah. And it's it's hard to tell who's going to match up. Uh, Toby's heart, obviously, you know, blinkers off. I mean, she she's definitely a solid win contender. She fits in this company and at the distance, um, the last out was a better effort than it looked on paper. Uh, she was she was running well late. Uh, you you can't discount her. I'm looking at adventuring. Um, obviously was a, a Kentucky Oaks contender, but bypassed and went in the Black Eyed Susan, and then there was that puzzling effort where she was up on the pace early, and then just was faded and East. And, and now they're moving her to turf. Uh, it should suit her being out of Pioneer of Denial and being out of that Great Mere Um She's the standout of the field if you look, if you bypass yeah. the effort, you know, if you get over the, the puzzling effort, which we really don't know what happened, uh, Sylvia Q is returning to turf, where she, she started her career. Her dirt form is pretty solid. She lined up uh, uh, against Will's Secret, uh, the horses of a lot of class in, her, in the age group, and there's Unbridled Song on the dam Side, so, so that, that's an interesting horse. Uh, it's interesting, too, just as a pedigree note on a long shot, Fairchild's Dam is Samantha Nicole, who is the full sister of Rachel Alexandra. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. yeah, Nicole, yes. That's hmm. just an, an interesting pet, pedigree note for her. Um, t- t- Town Avenger, they, they think highly of this runner, a 78 yes. buyer speed figure to come into this race. Um, Arm Candy is very interesting to note, and this is a horse that I would watch. Arm Candy in the hilltop, she's a very small-framed horse, and the saddle slipped while she was oh. making a rally. And uh, Steve Asmussen told me that he may run her in a breast collar, which is often a piece of equipment used on smaller frame horses so that their equipment does not fail. So this is a horse that I would watch because she was really coming up when she was coming into that race. I do think it affected her rally. So that's just something to keep in mind if you're interested in arm candy. I do like arm candy a little bit here as well, but yeah, this is this
3: is a tough one to nail down. Yeah, I think yeah, like if you did single max field, and a pick four, pick five, you still could – it still could pay something because of the other races such as this. This is a hard one to narrow down. So uh, I'm more – as we're talking, I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, yeah even though it's Maxfield's in there, uh, you could you could still get four digits out of that pick four, for instance. Uh, and then Tyler Gaplione wrote Arm Candy that went at Keeneland and beat Bullseye Beauties in this spot too. So I'm, I'm giving Arm Candy more of a look right here. But, uh, again, I see eight or ten ways you can go, but so I'm – I'm saying because I know who is going to pick. I don't know if you know it, J.J., but I already know who is going to pick. Go ahead. Well, unfortunately for both of you, neither one of you mentioned the winner. Exactly. See, see I'm sure I told you, Jay. I know oh. he's picking. So you, neither
0: <laughs> one of you are going to hit the pick four unless you use one of these two horses. The, and my top pick is number five, Navratilova, mm-hmm. who is the daughter of uh, Medallia Doro. I have a really nice, I believe she yeah. the first one winning mare Center Court.
2: Yeah, Center Court was awesome.
0: I can't remember what she won, but she is either the Diana Rusty. or the or or, or the she,
3: uh, Rusty Arnold, right? Yes. Yeah, she won the Miss Revere at, at Churchill Downs. Okay.
0: Oh, that's right. And, and yeah, she's a so why I landed on this filly. I, I watched her last race. I had her in my notes on May eighth in the Mamzelle. She was four to five wide all the yeah. way around on the turn, and she kept coming. And I never did really believe that this filly was a sprinter. But, you know, she hung right there, and she, she finished third right behind Lady Edith, the new boss. And now I think she's finally going to get to do what she wants to do. Now she's sharp. She comes out of those two five-and-a-half furlong sprints, and she'll be up and on the pace. And I think that's probably what's going to need to be done to, to win this race. So she maybe no less than third or fourth early. Uh, Hernandez takes over. I, I, I think uh, Brian is due. And uh, I I think this fella, this is what she's meant to do. I think they've been pointing her to this race, and and she'll win here and go on to Saratoga and be a, be tough to beat in, in some of those state races up there like the Saratoga Oaks and whatnot. Now the other horse uh, probably will maybe the favorite who will go off of, uh, ultimately the favorite is the, is the Rail in, Invincible Gal Grand
3: mm-hmm.
0: in Motion. Yeah, uh, she ran five times as a two-year-old. So she's got a lot of uh, foundation. Comes back in her, in her first, her, her debut, her three-year-old debut at Belmont. She finished the second by next. She earned a, uh, a really good th- third draft figure that would uh, win this race. And she gets the rail, and she should improve, I would think, off that first start. So I think she's going to be really tough to handle. So, I mean, give me Navratilova and Invincible Gal. If I, could, if I had a, uh, a pick four ticket or a pick five ticket, ending with that one, I think I would be pleased, and the, oh. and I'm gonna look more at Arm Candy too. Arm Candy ran a monster third at Pimico. Pimlico. Uh, they kind of came out of nowhere, so either she'll bounce or she'll win this. So and the the only problem I guess is the uh, the 13 hole. That's not really where you want to be going yeah. a mile, but uh, she'll come running late probably. So yeah, uh, give me those two and, and maybe Arm Candy if I can afford it.
3: So we're saying that na- na- so we. Ignoring the fact that never Twelve was by a mayor named Center Court, right? I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I just now put that together. <laughs> yeah, All right. I, thought, I told you there was a lot, a lot of ways to go here.
0: I thought we could get through this without a pun.
3: Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it right now, but I decided not to serve one up at the moment. Uh-oh. Um. I mean, I don't know much about tennis, so you're you're lucky here. So. Uh, <laughs> but you're we're not done time. yet. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that's it. That's uh. That's that's seven stakes races and. Uh, we covered every one of them. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, should be a fun card. That's for sure. I always love these days. Even sometimes they turn out to be real chalky, but,
3: but I don't think this one will be none. Yeah. None yeah.
0: We're going to see a lot of good horses and that's, that's, uh, that's why we show up every weekend. So,
3: uh, hey, can, yeah. Can I get JJ to give us one, one long shot she likes on a day, and then maybe give us an idea who she likes there? because I think the Ohio Derby is really intriguing. Or do you have you even thought about the Ohio Derby JJ?
2: Oh, I have not looked at the odds. We
3: have to do a thing, or
2: I have not looked at it yet. So.
3: <laughs> okay, I'll do it for you. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: but, um, I, I would, I would look at if you're looking for some long shots to bet. I, I would look at that salty second, uh, second race of the two-year-olds. I know good, good. will probably come back and. And, and do very well but the, but there's some some interesting horses in this race um i, I really like fifth avenue red for kenny mcpeak but that that outside post though is is a detriment but 20 to 1 uh and hilarious affair for mark cassie who's who's in the 11 post i i would look at this race i would look at some of these 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 long shots and i, I would pile up a superfect in race too and, and look at those two horses
3: okay I, yeah that, I've, and i see hilarious affair is uh by practical joke out of a Parisian affair. I see what they did there. That's clever and I like that. So um, yeah, I'm gonna pay attention to that now. All right. Do you have a long and shot, There are, there are actually two.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, there ahead. are actually I just wanted to mention that there are two half brothers. A play action pass in race two and absolute chaos in race one are half
3: brothers. Okay. So really? That. <laughs> That's good to know, man. That's good to know. And that that uh play action pass is Robert Medina, I think. And I, David, this work must be a little bit live. Must be working on well the morning. I think it's 5 to 1 in the morning line, so something I'm going to keep an eye on right there. But, of course, I'll be traveling to Florida, so I'll be keeping an eye in my car on this stuff. So while you guys are enjoying yourselves at, at Churchill Downs, I'll be navigating the pine trees in Alabama and stuff. So I hope you <laughs> have fun like, while you're out there and such. Think of me. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, one last thing for JJ. Just got a question for you. What the- – when Do you think uh, we'll hear anything on the uh, Medina Spirit DQ?
2: I think it will be it will be a while. It, I, I would predict it will be a while before we'll, we'll hear anything substantive. We're going to hear things that are through the process, but as far as something really really substantial, I, I think it's going to be a while. This is a significant legal battle that it is going to. To take a long time i i mean we are talking some serious legal things that will be will be going through months and
3: months wow yeah i i don't doubt it i don't doubt it see i, I was thinking
0: that the, the DQ was just that, that was uh i mean that was a sure thing and then the legal battle would would, would take forever but you're saying that you know this you say months or, or or like a year from now or, or... You know,
2: I think yeah. it will be months. Yeah, I, I think it will be months because I, I, I can see Bob is is pulling out all the stops with with his legal team and he's going through all the venues, and and I think he's he's going to try to to do as much as he can to delay it, to to see what he can get done in the legal process. So I, I do think it will be months before anything substantive. Now that's just based on you know what I've heard. That it, it, they could take action quicker, but it, it's not up to Churchill Downs. Remember, it's up to the to the commission to to deal with the DQ. Churchill Downs doesn't, doesn't designate that.
0: Right. I thought maybe something would come out on the 20th. They had a meeting on June 22nd and nothing, nothing came of it that I know of. Uh, so right. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's all for now. We we're very, very thankful that JJ joined us. Uh, it, it's always a pleasure to, to hear, hear, uh, talk about the ponies and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you took some notes uh, and, and, as soon as Churchill closes, Ellis Park opens on yeah. June 27th. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try my best to, to slip down there, maybe one or one or two weekends at least.
3: Yes. And,
0: uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait for that. And I, I see that they've already drawn the card for, for Sunday. So after I get done with uh, Churchill tonight, I'm going to – Going to dive into Ellis on Sunday.
3: So yeah, this is a Kentucky Horse Racing Podcast. We like we like the other stuff too, but uh we will give Ellis our fair share of love and like some other pods. I I just we'll just let you guys know up front if you didn't know it already. We we do like Ellis Park quite a bit.
0: All right, so that's all I have on behalf of JJ Hysel and Alan Schneider, and of course Brandon Jaggers, who's in Grenada.
3: Of all places.
1: Of all places.
0: The gambling money ain't got no home.